Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. It is great to be with you today. And uh, we, we have a uh, special guest today. Uh, former ambassador uh, to Somali, uh, Ambassador Samake, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be with you, Boyd. Uh, on this program, we love to talk about principles, we love to talk about people, and uh, we love to talk about a little bit of politics as well. And uh, you are in the middle of all of that uh, for your, your country of Mali. But for our listeners who may not be familiar with it, with you, uh, you were a graduate of BYU. I am. Uh, you've been a presidential candidate in Mali. Yes. Uh, and you are doing an extraordinary work, uh, Empower Mali, uh, in so many ways. And uh, so, so grateful to have you with us today. But just give us a little bit of your backstory. Uh, boy, thank you for having me on this show. Uh, my name is Nyankoro Yesamake from Mali, uh, former ambassador, former mayor of Welesibugu, which is uh, uh, informally a sister city of uh, Salt Lake City. I run the foundation Empower Mali uh, since uh, 2013. We have uh, been supporting the people of Mali in a sustainable way. Uh, so we, our foundation partners with villages. We don't do handout. We do hand up. Uh, the work of the foundation is uh, sustainable, and um, we work directly with villagers to build schools. We have built 42 throughout the years. We have also tractor programs where we empower farmers with the mechanization of the agriculture. We provide clean water for Mali because water access to clean water is a big issue. So now we actually are ready to buy a drilling rig Mm-hmm. where we'll transport that to from village to village to provide access to clean water to people. Yeah. So our foundation does a lot of work in Mali, but we do it with the people, with their contribution. We don't just go work in the villages. Uh, I, I love that hand-up mentality of yeah, getting yes. people engaged. And I love this whole idea. Uh, tell us just a little bit more about this tractor program that you take. I mean, this is a new kind. I, I guarantee <laughs> there's no one in Utah today that woke up this morning thinking, you know, a great way to make a difference would be a tractor program. But tell us about yes, that. Yes, we have a perpetual tractor fund where we purchase tractors. Uh, how do you call it? When you put the tractor together in Mali, mm-hmm. uh, they are... Um, Indian brand. So we buy tractor for Mm $25,000 and we give it to farmers and for the whole village, now they pay back within five years. And that money is reinvested in a new tractor for a new village. For another village. So it really is helping with food security, making sure that farmers have more food, not only for uh, eating, but also to sell 
to send the kids to school to pay for prescription and uh, other opportunities. Yeah, I, I love that. That is a uh, that is the kind of innovation. And uh, we're talking about a principle today we call light kindlers. Light kindlers uh, that uh, that share that light. And uh, I know you're doing that in that village. Uh, is so important, and uh, and then you also follow that with uh, education, that, that because that's also part of how you end that poverty cycle. Absolutely, uh, we, we we have been building schools in the villages. We work with the government, uh, local government provided teachers. The villages pay twenty percent. Everything we do, we do in partnership, not mm. just in the handout format. Yeah. So for sustainable development, people have to have access to education. That's why we can do relief projects, we can help people with uh, tractors, but we have to make sure that the children are able to go to school so that they can become sustainable. Yeah, uh, I love that. Uh, I want to shift to kind of the political space a little bit. You've been very active uh, in Mali in uh, in politics, but you said something this morning uh, that really caught my attention. Uh, I always say leadership is what leadership does, yes. and you said to leadership... Lead- is to, to lead serve. is to serve. Tell yes. us about that. Yeah, that has been really the foundation of my involvement into politics, to serve my people. I was here in Utah. I was here in America, educated at BYU and had a good job. I could have stayed here. Mm-hmm. But I thought America does not need me. Mali needs me. That's why I took my family and moved back home to serve the people, to be with them, to understand their aspirations and their need, and how collectively I can motivate them to reach our goal of sustainable development. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, to lead is to, to serve, nothing less. Uh, leadership should be based on how to empower others. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I took. I went and served the community of Wulisebugu as a mayor for uh-huh. five years, actually six years. During those six years, what I accomplished was, first and foremost, reconnecting the trust between the leadership and the people. Mm. And we were able to lift our city, which was one of the poorest cities in the poorest country on earth, from 699th out of 703 cities to number seven within five years. Wow. It takes people. It takes people to believe in themselves. It takes people to contribute. If they don't pay their taxes, we can't raise them up. Yeah. So they began to trust that I have left America to come for the purpose to serve, not to serve myself. And that's why we believe to lead is to serve. Uh, and and building that trust. I love that you focused on rebuilding the trust with the people mm-hmm. uh, is, is such an important principle. Uh, we need a lot of that here in the United States right now uh, to rebuild that trust. But that that trust is what enables you to create those partnerships, Absolutely. that right balance between government, private sector and citizens uh, to actually create transformation. Absolutely. We you know, we that's how we have our first hospitals the public schools, high school in Mali, the first one we built. So because people came to realize that leaders, when they are giving their best to the community, when there is lack of corruption, when we fight corruption and make sure that the resources are being used to the best of our ability, uh, we become sustainable. We can transform and lift ourselves out of poverty to become a city on the hill. Oh, that's uh, that's fantastic. Uh, so if you're just uh, joining us, we are we're talking about Molly today uh, and a, a wonderful organization called uh, Empower Molly. Uh, where can people go get to get to more information about how uh, the projects you're doing, how you're how you're doing, which I think is so important uh, and then how they can help? Well, people can go to www.empowermali.org uh, where you can also Google my name. Yes, uh, Mali. 
we need help. We need help to make sure that people have access to clean water. We need help to make sure that people have access to perpetual tractors mm. so that they can um, uh, be food sustainable, uh, food security in their families. Mm. We also need help to build more schools. So um, people can call the foundation on our website, uh, empowermali.org. Oh, that's wonderful. And uh, before we let you go today, uh, you've, you've learned so many things. Uh, but you're you're one of those people that we we talk about that lives inside the parentheses of a crazy idea, <laughs> <laughs> which is where all miracles happen, yeah, which where all change and transformation happens. Uh, you've been a candidate for president uh, mm-hmm. in Mali. Uh, I, I hear rumors uh, that you may be reconsidering a, another possible run. Uh, but what is it that you hope to do? Uh, Mali's a, a country of 20 million people. Uh, lots of poverty, as you've described, uh, but immense potential. Uh, what do you hope to accomplish in this? Well, you know, I want to expand what I did in my city of Bolesibugu. That first and first, uh, foremost, connecting trust, making sure that the people of Mali trust that the leadership is doing their, their best to serve them. Mali is a natural resource-rich country. Mm. We are third producer of gold in Africa. We are number one producer of cotton in Africa. We have all kind of resources that the Lord entrusted us with. But to transform that into possibilities and opportunities for the people is what a leadership with integrity will do. And Mali needs leadership with integrity, and that's what I've been trying to provide to the people of Mali, uh, making sure that corruption is out of uh, central government. Mm. making sure that the right people are serving the people. So together, when we believe that to lead is to serve, mm. we all will advance together. We all will lift up to, together. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, thank you so much for joining us on Inside Sources today. Uh, you are a true light kindler. You, oh, are, uh, you. you, are, you are sparking uh, flames and hope uh, in people in Mali, and you've done a whole lot for all of us listening uh, here today in Utah. Thanks so much. Well, thank you for having me. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we are going to talk about those light kindlers. Who are they? Where are they? And what is it that a light kindler does? Stay with us on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.